Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Joy Foltz. Joy works for local TV station WTVR and is the daughter of retired Richmond homicide detective Joe Foltz. In today's somewhat divided political and media climate, Joy's in the unique position of working for the media and being a cop's daughter. Joy and I talk about her growing up as a cop's kid, working for the local media, and what she loves about Richmond and its citizens. Take a listen to our interview and let me know what you think. And welcome back to the podcast. Today I've got Joy Foltz with us. How are you, Joy? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem. I talked to your dad, Joe Foltz, last week, who is a retired mm-hmm. Richmond homicide detective. And mm-hmm. not only is he your dad, um, but you also work for WTVR uh, in the city, correct? Yes, I do. <clears throat> so that brings up, um, you know, first I want to know about being a cop's kid, especially a homicide detective's kid. Yeah. Um, well, as a start, um, I think uh, there are some, um, you know, there are the general pros and cons that every kid can come up with. You know, my dad wasn't always, uh, he wasn't like overbearing in any way. But of course, there's that protective instinct that's always there. And that's in, what any dad has. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like mine was um, uh, not intensified, but it was extra thorough, I'll say, with the, <laughs> as being a cop's kid. Um, he uh, always made sure that um, I was a. Uh, I, I was protected when I, you know, wasn't around him. He he taught me little things that he hoped uh, in life would uh, keep me protected. And so um, as a cop's kid, it wasn't anything crazy. My dad didn't exactly like him, uh, like bring his work home per se. So it wasn't like I exactly had to like see it. But I know that he had a very stressful day. And so that normally and so keeping that in mind, I kind of just think he came home and was very uh was very chill and laid back with his kids but um it was always cool when people asked me about my dad's job because they were always so like um wow he does that like how does he do that you know kind of thing because it's just like when you do see that kind of stuff every single day it's like you know the worst of the worst Mm -hmm. and so to intake that every day you have to um I don't know be a special type of person I would say and so I would always uh I've always admired my dad for being able to come home and you know be a dad and be chill and laid back at the same time while also going out every single day and doing the job that he does. So a cop's kid, you know, it hasn't been like anything that's like uh, a negative, like definitive thing of my life, but you know, it's definitely been a, a thing I will say. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Well now can you and, and temper that and compare that with working um, for the media at WTVR and mm-hmm. um I know now, you know, that all, all, the media is always under spotlight and the cops are always under spotlight. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's seen as an um, antagonistic thing back mm-hmm. and forth. Is that what you found as well? Or how do you kind of deal with that? And what kind of I issues mean, uh, come up? Yeah, and the media, um, I mean, you know, you're always going to have strong opinions, no matter, or you're going to hear them. <laughs> right. No matter if you, um, if you, like, ask for them or not, quite honestly. And so, I mean, uh in recent culture and you know like climate of course there's been in the media um like you said the police officer um seen as the antagonist but there hasn't been necessarily anything that's personally affected me i'll say like i am very conscious of like what's going on and why people feel a specific type of way about police officers because you know they are supposed to be here to preserve 
serve and protect, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And there have obviously been like instances where that is not the case. And so I think in media, it's just about like, you know, I'm just here to listen essentially, and then relay the information of the people. And so that's what I try to do. If I'm like writing web story, relaying it to my team, it's not necessarily, I don't find myself often putting my own opinion um, at all into things that deal with that because, or taking into account my father as the job you know it gives me a perspective i would say but it also doesn't necessarily define like what i think about a specific situation because like you said or not like you said but all situations are are very different and unique when it comes to these things that do come up in the media and so i don't necessarily like have a general consensus like of all police officers but i'm definitely always aware of like the specific situations and kind of just knowing you know that this was supposed to be done and this was what was done. And so, um, I don't know. I kind of say really objective. Um, I see both sides as a, as a, and not as a cop's kid, because you can see both sides without being a cop's kid. But, um, it gives you me a unique perspective, I guess I would say. And that's, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I mean, you are definitely in like, um, not in the middle. It, it, it's kind of hard to say. It's just, I can't imagine. Yeah. Or how do you feel when, and I'll ask you on both sides of it. Like, a lot of times when um, a cop does something wrong, um, all cops are painted with a large brush. Um, yeah. Generally. And, so, and again, I think the local media, the Richmond local media, has done a much better job, in my opinion, um, on reporting things than the uh, maybe the national media. And mm-hmm. ha- have you noticed that as well, or what is your opinion on that? Um, I think that's what the, the, the times. Uh, the climate has changed a lot in media, and so local media, of course, uh, especially us, um, you know, we, we like I said, we, we give what the, the facts are. We aren't mm-hmm. in it to tell you how we feel about it. We aren't in it to tell you, you know, what's right from wrong. We are here to tell you what happened. And so I feel like local media definitely does that. But uh, with the political climate, you know, um, really uh, taking an interesting, like, add-in, I would say, recently with, like, a lot of people being very vocal mm-hmm. about certain things and not really, you know, taking that bipartisan view on certain things. Like, a lot of national media has... Um, found itself leaning towards a certain direction and that's like no secret you know like that's obvious in both ways Mm -hmm. it's like you know you have sometimes more so like um like a lot of uh not correspondent but like you know opinion based uh shows nowadays versus like um you know just straight hard news and so uh i would say that working in local media definitely doesn't um it, it obviously is not the same, like as like working for someone or working for a national media company who is clearly, obviously leaning towards one side. Would you so prefer? I, do you prefer hard news, or you do you? And I guess, or opinion, or like leaning to one side. If you had uh, your choice, what would you choose? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I would definitely choose hard news because at the end of the day, like. I mean, of course, I have my own opinions, mm-hmm. but my love for journalism goes back to telling stories and like telling the people's story. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it would definitely be like I much more enjoy, you know, relaying information and like retelling the like stories mm-hmm. than I would say like getting getting up there and telling you about how I feel about a specific situation. 
Do you think sure. Richmonders, the Richmonders you've talked to, are they hyper-partisan that you found, or are they not so much, and they just want to, like you say, tell their story, not particular national story or just mainly their mm-hmm. story? Are they necessarily involved as much as it? Because, again, you watch the national media, and you yeah. know, they show everybody's hyper-partisan, but it doesn't really seem like that's the case necessarily down at the street level. I think, you know, Richmond's not a, a, not a small city, but it's a big enough city where there are lots of people mm-hmm. or with varying opinions. And so I think that, um, you know, as a whole, like Richmond, you know, during during that time of like civil unrest and like a lot of protests, Richmond wanted to see a change. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think even with that, there were people who definitely understood that not every single police officer, you know, is like... Um, is is a bad cop or a terrible person or doing their job wrong, but there there is an issue that needs to be addressed as far as systemically goes and with their system. So I think there's a mix of varying opinions. I think, you know, there are some people who definitely are that way, but then there are some people who, you know, don't feel like it's everybody and just needs to be fixed in the system. And have you and your dad ever had discussions about the uh, the the back and forth between the police and the media or the way that the police are portrayed? Yeah, I think that's... Um, I think that's what's cool about my dad. You know, he he did the job for really long, for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so I think, of course, he's going to have an opinion, but that isn't necessarily which way his opinion goes. But I think we were always able to, like, have not banter, but, you know, like, back and forth um, about uh, specific situations and then, like, just the system in general. But he's always been really cool about, you know, uh, just listening. And then I listen as well, and we just kind of, you know, come to a consensus at the end. But he's always been somebody that would uh, would hear what I had to say. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's important for everybody to just listen to each other. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's a big part of this is like having being able to have a conversation. And you know, like though you might not always like necessarily exactly what the person says, but that's you know that's a part of like a teaching someone when you do have that conversation and just helping them to sometimes understand. And that's the case sometimes, like having that conversation and and helping them to understand because some people just don't know or mm-hmm. and i'm not saying everyone's ignorant to it because that's not the case but you know some people it takes a conversation of like breaking down certain things for them to understand and then sometimes it doesn't but you know it's definitely important like you said to be open to having a conversation why do you think conversations like talking about race um are hard for people to deal with or hard for people to um it almost seems like it's hard to sit down and rationally talk about that. Yeah, I think sometimes I think some people, um, you know, don't want to address that it's still a thing. You know, like a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people I say that again, you know, I think it's difficult because it's like, you know, you it seems like you're so far removed year wise or not from the situation that, you know, obviously was had racist um ways or like rules and it seems like you're so far removed from that but you're in all reality we're not Mm -hmm. you know like it's really not that far back and so for some people it's this realization that there are you know people do still deal thing deal with things like this on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and so i don't know maybe they don't want to you know admit it or maybe it's just maybe it makes them uncomfortable but in all reality like like you said it's a conversation and if you feel like you're someone who who doesn't treat people differently because of race then it really should just be that you know it should be like 
I, I don't maybe I don't understand and you're asking a question. Maybe that's what it is too, because you know, it it has not heightened, but you know the recent times, the protests, maybe people feel like they can ask questions, but in all reality, like staying ignorant isn't it shouldn't be an option either. You know, if you really don't understand so something. So maybe people feel uncomfortable, maybe they don't feel like they would be accepted because they don't understand certain things. I don't know, but it definitely should. Um, it shouldn't be hard to talk about, but it can be for some people, I guess. What do you think? What would be the best way for somebody to bring up the topic of conversation? What would you recommend if somebody wanted to have a sit down and have a conversation about race with somebody of a different race than them? And what did, what would you think is the best way to do that? Yeah, I think it's about you know being honest, being respectful. And and I think it's about really stating just what you don't like. Oh, the best way. Let me start there. I mean, go to someone who you know you like, you feel comfortable talking to, but definitely don't go into the conversation feeling like you know how the other person feels. Because I think that's when like people start to feel like you know like you don't necessarily want to talk to the person you're talking to because they're already saying or already projecting how you may feel because you're a certain color. So I think going into a conversation and if you have actual questions, like, you know, things you're genuinely truly curious about, mm-hmm. then go into the conversation knowing how to, not knowing how to, but stating it in a respectful way that doesn't necessarily project how the other person feels or tells them how they feel, but that you genuinely want to know i think it's all about being genuine if you go into it in any type of condescending way the person you're talking to isn't going to respect or even want to have the conversation about race mm-hmm. i think it's about sitting down really asking the questions you're unaware of listening and then retaining that and, and really you know applying it to your life and whatever they tell you or not but you know if you want to have the conversation definitely just go into it being respectful and you know not feeling like you know how the other person feels because you know you don't their experience isn't yours that's a very good yeah your experience isn't theirs and so just be open to listen like i said that's the key is just being a good listener and so yeah i think that'd be the best way and i was talking to uh one of the uh, the attorneys he and i were talking about the uh, pedestals excuse me of the monuments and one, Mm -hmm. one of the things that he brought up is that when people are talking back and forth a lot of times automatically one or the other side will bring up the term racist and call somebody racist. And what Vaughn mm-hmm. said is that that almost automatically shuts down a conversation because people seem mm-hmm. to tend to throw walls up. Would you agree yeah. with something like that to just automatically label somebody a racist without really knowing, or if somebody's asking you questions and wanting to, you know, find out, mm-hmm. um, it seems like that kind of stuff would, would really just make, you kind of shut down. It's like, okay, well, I tried, but, you know, I got called a racist, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, I think that, and see, I think that's where you find that, that fine, that's why it's fine mind. I think that's why it's important when you go into conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you aren't, if you have a question, then, then you should ask your question, you know, and ask it in a way that isn't offensive to anyone because take race out of it. If you ask someone about like, I don't know, a specific food they ate. And and you go into the question projecting, you're like, oh my God, like I hate mayonnaise. It's so disgusting. Like, do you hate mayonnaise? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny, but it's like, you just started off that conversation like, you know, 
it's it's a light topic, but if you put that with race, you know, or yeah. and you project your opinion in the front, it's like, well, why would you know? Why would I even want to answer your question? Because clearly, you know, you think this way. So when going into conversations like that, I mean, if you do feel a certain type of way, but you you want to have a conversation, I think. The, your best option is to not start like that, you know, not go into it like that. And I feel like, so if you go into it, you know, genuinely asking a question, if you're talking to someone rational, you know, they're not going to automatically just call you a racist because you asked the question. Mm -hmm. But if you go into it stating, you know, your, how you feel about a certain way and then ask your question, I mean, well, you already gave your opinion per se. So it, it can seem like it, depending on what you say, of course. But I think it's just all about how you word it and, you know, going into it genuinely not wanting to tell someone how they are, but asking about them. So I think that's the best way to kind of avoid that. I mean, of course, you could be talking to someone completely irrational and that'd be what they say anyways. Right. And that's just a different conversation. <laughs> and, you know, maybe, it just goes maybe, off the rails right yeah, imme immediately. Maybe you should ask someone else anyways. But... <laughs> For the most part, I feel like if you're talking to someone who's rational, you come in a respectful way and you genuinely have a question, then for the most part, they will answer it. So, yeah. What is the sense of the people of Richmond that you've gotten? Do you do you generally find that they're good people, that they um, – and this is, you know, all, all people. I mean, they yeah. speak, I'm sure you speak to a whole bunch of different people, different colors, yeah. different um, sexes, everything. Do you generally Absolutely. do you generally find yeah. that people are good and they want to help and they want to understand? Yes, uh, for the most part, absolutely. You know, I, Richmond, the word I comes to mind immediately is passionate. And so, like, in anything that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people here I've seen do or or, or speak about, it's it has passion behind it, whether it goes one way or another. Mm -hmm. They're passionate about how they feel. And so I would definitely say, of course, as a, as a like, general consensus, Richmonders are very good. I'm a Richmonder. You know, like, I'm from mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. born and raised here, so, like, or in the Chesterfield area, but so. Like, for the most part, people are good. You know, this is still somewhat the South. People have a little bit of Southern hospitality, I would definitely say. <laughs> you know, like, they're good people, but, you know, people are definitely passionate about how they feel. Mm -hmm. So, um, clearly, we saw that with, you know, the protests, with the counter-protests, with the rallies that come up about topics that aren't related to race. Um, Richmond people are very passionate, and I appreciate that. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think Richmond City offers a lot of stuff that the surrounding counties don't Richmond. And this is, and a lot of this is pre pandemic, of course, and hopefully we're getting yeah. back into it, but you know, Richmond has free pools for the residents. Richmond has, and again, prior to the pandemic, t just tons and tons of street festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Year absolutely. round. Um, yes. The food's crazy. I've been unlocking all of the different places recently. Um, with the, It's not like a food food blog, but, I've been like going to various restaurants and kind of highlighting them. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and Richmond, I think, I, I guess what, what would your hope be for Richmond? Do you see it? Do you think Richmond kind of got off track with the, uh, the protest or do you think that just took it on a different course? Do you see Richmond getting better and growing from those? Yeah, not, I wouldn't say off track. I definitely say, um, I mean, I think I think it was a shift, absolutely. But I'm not saying it wasn't, you know, an unnecessary shift. I think different, various things came out of it, mm -hmm. and I think that, um, I don't think it's worse off. I'll say that. I just feel like, you know, like I said, Richmond P 
people are passionate people mm-hmm. and there are various things that are going to help the community for a long time um that came out of certain situations uh during the protests, right before the protests, and a little bit before that, actually, with various incidents that happened. But I definitely think that um, it may have changed course, but I don't feel like it's worse off. I think, you know, the city is going to continue to, I hope, thrive and, you know, learn from situations, from the people, um, and uh, just get better and better, honestly. I don't, I don't think it's it's worse off. No, absolutely not. And is this some place that you want to stay, Joy? Would you like to continue your journalistic career here in Richmond? You know, I'm going to be honest. I never, <laughs> this is funny, so I never wanted to stay here. And not because I, um, I don't like Richmond, but because I was raised here mm-hmm. and then I went to school here. And then I just did not have plans of being here after college. I didn't have plans of being here for college, so that says that. But I didn't have plans <laughs> for being here after college. Uh-huh. But, you know, I I don't know. Like, I think uh, for a little bit, eventually, I will want to stay somewhere else just for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of just see how it is. But I appreciate much more, you know, the city of Richmond than I did when I was I would say younger. There is a lot to explore here, especially food. I love food. So, like, you know, it's become one of the, you know, the top city or the top places for people to visit because of food. Mm-hmm. So, I, the history is rich here. The, um, you know, the people are passionate, which definitely uh, is on display quite often here. And I appreciate that as well. But I, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not upset about being here, you know, for, <laughs> For a little bit. <laughs> well, good. I, well, good. We're all glad. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not I'm not just not upset. I, I'm I, I'm glad. You know, I think that I'm learning a lot here mm-hmm. that will prepare me for um. You know, if I go somewhere, but I'm definitely loving working in in Richmond and learning from Richmond. And you know, even though I've lived here for so long, mm-hmm. I'm constantly finding new things. I'm like, oh, that's there, or like, <laughs> I didn't know that was there. And and like, these are like landmarks sometimes so i'm like oh wow so um i i I like being here i'm appreciating you know the journey so yeah (laughs) well that's joy it's fantastic i really appreciate you coming and talking to us will you come back again and talk to us yes this is fun all right (laughs) and i I might want to maybe we'll get you and your dad on one of the same podcasts and go back and forth all right okay that sounds good well thank you for having me again and i hope you have a good rest of your day thank you very much joy you take care of yourself you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it, guys. I like how Joy said that she loves how passionate Richmonders are. I think that's a fantastic take on the heated events that have taken place across the country and right here in Richmond over the last year and a half. I'm looking forward to having Joy come back on the podcast and hopefully having her dad join in on the conversation. Take care of each other and make sure you temper your passion with communication and an open mind. We're better than the people who hate. We always have been and always will be. Thanks for listening.